0: Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy.
1: We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age.
0: This is Parenting Bites. Hey
1: everyone, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy, co-founder of KidsViews.com. I'm here in the studio today with... Amy Oztan, SelfishMom.com. Hello. Soon to be just AmyOztan.com.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Not for a couple of months, though, because I have I have sponsored posts scheduled that signed up with Selfish mom. so I'd do it tomorrow if I could. Right, but, but I so so you're mm. still
1: selfish for the time being. I, I
2: have to be selfish for a couple more months so I can make a little money. But you're so lucky your name is Oztan. Well it is it is unique. Discussion. Yeah, that's it's like unique. a whole other discussion because I because it's so unique, I really wish that I had used my maiden name when I started because then I wouldn't be connected to my husband so easily, which he doesn't like. Ah, yeah. All right. Well, also
1: in the studio who you heard before is Andrea Smith. Woohoo! Andrea's back. Oh, yes! And Andrea is 100% back. Andrea has a purple remote control in front of her, which I'm actually just totally distracted by. She's all purple. As usual, she's not wearing purple today, but then she's like her purple purse and her purple iPhone case and like a purple remote control. So we're going to get to all that today. We're talking about a couple of things today. The first is preschool crafts and i actually think this applies to all school crafts in general not just preschool crafts um why are we giving our kids these predetermined set crafts with a fixed fixed end that you have to look like and fixed things and then it's you know the parents get this thing that looks exactly the same from every kid we're going to talk about that. And then our second topic today, we actually have an interview with one of our favorite and our kids' favorite authors, Jeff Kinney, mm-hmm. who is now the chief creative officer also of StoryArc, which is a new company, which will be the umbrella
2: over Pop Tropica, which I think people don't realize he was the founder of PopTropica. Yeah, well, didn't. the funny thing was when I went home and told my kids that, they were like, you didn't know that. <laughs> right? okay. My okay, kids so just, knew. Just adults
1: didn't know and um, a whole bunch of other educational sites underneath fun that umbrella. Brain, yeah, you know, fun yeah, Brain. Yeah, Fun Brain, stuff. really cool stuff. So we have an interview with them that we will give you, and then of course our Bites of the Week. So before we get started, we are brought to you today by Team Snap. Let's discuss, do you coach youth sports? Do you have kids who play youth sports? We know you do. Do you have kids in clubs? Do you have kids where you're organizing every week? What they have to do? Who's bringing snack? Who's doing carpool? Where's the game? In New York, your game could be on so many different fields that you have to schlep to. It's crazy. So Team Snap makes it all easy. Where's the game? What do I bring? Who needs a ride? Every parent, every coach's dream, it's all organized in one place app so you don't have those giant reply all emails you'll save hours of time have an easy way to communicate and coordinate you have everything in one app even all the messages it's all there and then it's you can just find it easily without scrolling through all your email or I have like the other email that I use just for that stuff so it doesn't go into my work email here it is all in the app you can find it get team snap get organized try a season absolutely free at teamsnap.com/parenting You do not have to put in a credit card. This is a serious free trial, people. TeamSnap.com slash parenting. Get your kids organized for the summer. You know you're going to have day camp stuff. You know you're doing camp mom. Use TeamSnap and tell us how it goes. All right, let's jump into topic one. This is based on an article called Why Typical Preschool Crafts Are a Total Waste of Time by Melissa Dahl. It was in the Science of Us section of a New York Magazine. Um, which is also just a really cool section, Science of Us. They have all these really cool studies and things if you want to dive into that. Can we talk about this for a second? I was thinking about the artwork I saved that of my kids. And, like, so much stuff at the time they make it. I'm like, I have to save that. I have to save that. But, then like, two years later I'll go through that box. I'm like, why did I save the stupid squirrel that was obviously half made by their teacher? Yeah. Um, why did I save the snowman that was obviously – half made by their teacher. You saved it because the
2: kid was really, really proud at the time. See,
1: I don't think my kids were that proud at the time. I feel like they Uh. felt like they came home with it and they were like, yeah, I made a snowman. But they definitely didn't have the same... I think the kids know when when the adult is sort of doing it for them. Like if my kid made the squirrel... Two eyes would be on the left.
2: Maybe the tail would be down on the bottom. There'd be a big circle drawn in the middle, right? Depending on their age. That's really interesting because my son, that that's, that is thats how his came home. Like he was terrible at crafting, terrible at art, and he hated doing it. And his never looked like the other kids. So he would basically come home and throw it on the floor. My daughter, hers always looked perfect, hers always looked like the teacher's, so she was really proud of it, because she thought that that was the goal, to have the perfect looking one. So she won that whole preschool craft game.
1: But then, did you feel like she actually made anything? Like, like let's talk about with I the, didn't her. really care. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about, so my, my sister is an art teacher, and it's funny, because we just had this discussion a month ago, because her daughter came home with some project from preschool, and it was so completely done by the teacher. And my sister was pissed because hmm. she was like, this isn't what I want her to learn. Like, if you want to spur creativity and an artistic bent in a child, You have to do the opposite. You have to put the supplies in front of them. You have to say, we're doing finger paint today. Or we're doing, it should be about like the medium and your kid getting to express whatever it is they want to express. They want to make a rainbow, whatever that rainbow is going to look like. They're two, they're three, they're four years old. This is not drafting class. And she was pissed. She was like, I don't even want to hang this up. It looks. I know she didn't
3: do this. She sits at home doing art. This is not something she made. But you still need to be proud of it. You still need to encourage oh, yeah. it. But it's so interesting because, and your sister says exactly on point with what's going on in the article, which is, you know, if you would just teach them one thing, clay was the example in the article, your sister says finger paint, but to how to do it, how to embrace it, how to how to figure out what it is, what to do with it, and what you can make from it. But I think in schools today, you know, they have so little money and so few supplies. Not I private think preschools. what they do, maybe, but I think it's easier for the teacher to say, here's the two cotton balls, and here's this, and here's all the things that you need so we can make it easier, cleaner, you know, faster to clean up, and that you can actually take something home that you've made.
2: And I would like to see some studies on this, but I'm just going by my gut feeling. I feel like what you guys are talking about would take a lot of retraining of parents. I think that most parents, they expect that perfect artwork to come home from the little kids. And if it doesn't, you know, if they brought home a hunk of clay and said, look, I, I learned how to add water and, you know, make this a little malleable. Parent be like, "What? Where am I going to put this?" <laughs> so I do. So I think that taps into a really important
1: p- point, which is the rise of the private preschool, and the rise of this idea that preschool is a training ground for getting you into kindergarten, whether it be private or public. That the kids are taking G and T tests now and forth at four years old, and they're taking all these tests that they have to do, and it becomes about almost learning how to follow directions mm-hmm. more than art. And art just happens to be the medium because they're little so it's fun to do things with cotton balls and this and that and make a squirrel and now you're going to make your pilgrim hat for Thanksgiving you're going to make your turkey for this. Like, what happened to the kids sticking their hand down, tracing it and making the turkey and having it look however it's supposed to look? <laughs> now, if your kid does that, the, the teacher's helping them trace their hand mm-hmm. or they're giving them the hand part already done oh. and then telling them just to add the feathers oh. and the whatever. And it's
3: not their hand. It's
1: not their hand. So, in some ways, you are telling kids that what they are thinking, like that's not a value, right? The value is in getting it right so you have something to present to your parent and your parent won't like it unless it looks perfect. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Retraining of parents. So I, we met this couple a couple years ago who had moved to China, this American couple. and He was a professor at Harvard and she, she was an architect and they were like, you know, this power couple. And he opened a school in China and it was supposed to be a progressive school because supposedly everybody wanted a progressive school. No. The parents were hiring artists to do their children's artwork. Oh. No. Yes. So that when they studied uh, Van Gogh, it looked like Van Gogh I'm because like, it was what is the point. It, because it was embarrassing if your kids' artwork on the halls of the school looked like a kid. And I mean, that's like an extreme version of this, but I do think there's a lot of show. So that when you visit a nursery school, and the nursery schools are very aware that they're giving tours, and this is to people who might be paying, you know, 7000 8000 10000 in New York City, $22,000 a year for preschool, it has to look, like, fabulous in the hallway. So the kids' artwork all looks fabulous. And I feel like it's, like, this
2: trickle-down thing of, I don't know, of s- perfection. Yeah. I feel very fortunate that when my kids were very little they went to a private pre- preschool that was kind of hippieish. It wasn't until they were like 4, you know, going to the the public preschool that we really got into the cotton balls and all that <laughs> stuff. So I feel like they had a great introduction and then they got into that prefab art. And then, luckily, in the later years of elementary school, my kids both had a, an amazing art teacher at their public school. We've actually framed a lot of it, and it's like the art on our
1: walls. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's that I've had the same exact experience. Their preschool, the art was very rigid.
2: Well, because it wasn't by the art teachers. Right. It was by their it preschool by their teacher. teacher. And
1: it was always a craft it was always an end project that everyone's looked mm-hmm. the same. Right. And that's so weird that that's what we're doing with our littlest kids. But same here. My mm-hmm. older kids, and they have a fabulous art teachers in middle school, too. Like, whatever they're doing, pastels. That's what they're doing right now. Yep. Whatever you're going to do with pastels, like, you you're going to do. Gonna do. Yep. Now, I don't agree they should get a grade. I happen to think art should just be pass-fail. <laughs> because I think it is what it is. I think my son would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do wonder what parents how parents would react if they're paying all that money in preschool and then their kids come home with just like a bunch of black blobs on a paper. Well, right,
3: because as you say, it's the parents. The parents are expecting certain things. I mean, you know, when my son was in, was in preschool, you know, so many years ago that it, it really was, you know, it was like an artsy kind of school in Brooklyn, but it really was hands-on, finger painting, you know, do your thing. But as he went through elementary school, it got – much more rigid and it's funny because now we're going through the house and like downsizing and throwing things away and i didn't save that much art i think i finally got hip to the fact that i could take pictures of it (laughs) tell him i was saving it and then get rid of it the only thing we still have is in my downstairs bathroom was a clay face it was a, a like they had um created masks out of clay and then painted them and they got fired and, you know, and that's hanging in my wall in the bathroom because it's really pretty. I mean, yeah. it was he did a really nice job with it, but the rest is gone. So I will say my mother-in-law still
1: has things my husband made that are really fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just talking about my in-laws might be getting ready to sell their home. And I said to my husband, we get the plane. Like, I want the ceramic <laughs> plane <laughs> made that's in the dining room but it is that that reminds me of that like there were key things and i'm sure he made thousands of yep, things and yep. honestly she has nothing of his sisters like they <laughs> obviously weren't as inclined and she's picky like there's there's serious art in there and his art is right along with it and i i have thrown he out he must have so, been very proud he was very proud he was very talented but um i I have almost nothing of my daughters at this point. I've because every, every year I go through those boxes again and I am less attached to things, and so the things I've down to are pretty meaningful. Either they were sort of a milestone like the first time they created some crazy three-dimensional thing or whatever and a lot of that stuff I took pictures of and chucked the actual like diorama that was now crumbling or whatever. But I think the things I keep are their cards that they make. Because I feel like when they make cards, mm-hmm. when they make birthday cards or Mother's Day cards, it is just them sitting in our dining room table. To, like, no one told them what to do. They never did it. They're very meaningful. It came from them. Even if they're just a heart or whatever it is, it was way better than almost all the art they made And. Little school. Now they're middle school stuff. We save a lot of stuff.
2: Well, I, I tended to save the stuff that really showed their personalities, which wasn't necessarily the best art, but it was the most fun to look back on. But I, I saved too much, and I had a really hard time knowing what to do with it. And then somebody suggested I bring it to my mom. <laughs> so the next time I visited my mom, I showed up with a giant container of art, and she was in heaven. Like She oh, went through it and awesome. saved a lot of it. So spread it out to the grandparents. They'll love it. That's, that's a, a good, good idea. Tip. And
1: I do like the idea that frame frame what's good and hang it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's think my mother-in-law always did really well.
2: I have these great frames. I have one for each kid. It sticks out about, I'd say, six or eight inches from the wall. And you just put one thing in the glass front and then it opens and you stick, like, you, you oh, rotate it, you cool. stick oh. the rest in the back. And then when it's full, then you can, like, go through that and save what you and want. And that's fun to go through yeah, then that and smart. see
3: the previous 10.
2: Yeah. 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 And make sure you write the dates on the back. Oh, that's I should something.
1: have. That's the one thing I always forget, I did not. too. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> All right. We're going to be right back and we're going to talk about Story Arc and have our interview with Jeff Kinney. So Andrea mentioned that she's going through her house getting ready to, I don't know, maybe downsize, maybe move, maybe something. Our sponsor, UpNest, is somebody that Andrea should be using. You can go on to UpNest and comparison shop for realtors. You don't have any obligation. You stay anonymous. You save thousands in fees with multiple top local agents competing for your business. You see their stats. They are top rated on Yelp and Zillow. They come in, they'll do free in-home consultations to give you, I guess, an appraisal of your property, let you know the comps. It's absolutely free. You go to UpNest at up, U-P-N-E-S-T dot com and call or, ooh, or you can call. Oh my God, we're going old school people. So you can go to UpNest dot com or call 888 333 40 49. I guess that's 4049 for those of you who can you, figure you, that out better than I you can. You haven't set a phone
2: number in a long time, know, have I'm you? Like, oh my God.
1: <laughs> I'm like, seriously, really rusty, obviously. So upnest.com or call at 888 333 4049. Ooh, I'm kind of curious about that. I like the idea of people bidding on oh, you. I'm going to yeah. check it out. Right? It's like yeah. the worst process getting your home ready uh, to sell. Like anything that makes it easier, I am all for. All right, so we are on to topic 2. We had Amy and I yesterday met with Jeff Kinney, the author of all the Diary of Wimpy Kid books, yep. the founder of Pop-Tropica. Um, he is part of a new, well, I guess it's not a new company, but they've like taken the umbrella of mm-hmm. Story Arc, which is what they're calling it, and they're putting Fun Brain underneath that and they're mm-hmm. putting Pop Tropica underneath that and a whole line of books. I mean, it's really like an amazing educational gaming company um, with storytelling at the forefront. So this is what I loved about it was that there's a lot of virtual worlds for kids. There's a lot of educational gaming for kids. There's not a lot of either that focus on story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we talk a lot on this show, especially about, you know, balancing... Computer time and creativity, and you know, not having screen time just be lost time, but also that whole idea does everything have to be educational? Like, you know, does you sometimes the kids <laughs> just want to zone out? Um, I don't know. I think a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with Pop Tropica, or at least their kids are. Yeah. I don't feel like it rose to the height of like a Club Penguin, like where it was a frenzy, but it's different. It has all these worlds in it um, that focus on different universes almost or experiences and it's very story driven and there's historical characters mm-hmm. in it which we talked a little bit there's mark
3: twain and there's susan b anthony and <laughs> what i what i was wondering when you guys were telling me about this and i was reading a little bit of, so it's story but because they're bringing it under this umbrella is it making it more like where you can either read or it will be digital properties or you know very different ways of telling the story using today's technology
1: so I think so it's still a virtual world Pop Tropica um, but it's bringing story into this idea of virtual world so your journey and your character you're also sort of in this story world you're shaping what happens Um, Fun Brain which is their other thing is more about educational gaming straight up but done in a really fun like interactive way it doesn't feel like you're just like sitting there You know doing math equations over and over I think because You have Jeff Kinney as the creative Force behind it It is really focused On how a kid Would interact and how a kid would play um, And how a kid would Develop in that space Uh, I don't know it was a Really interesting interview Mm -hmm. and we're Going to play it for you now um, So you can listen to it it is not Just Jeff Kinney it is also Jen McLean who is the CEO of StoryArc mm-hmm. um, and really, really smart and really thoughtful about how kids want to interact digitally online. And we talk a lot about eBooks versus digital books as well because Diary of Wimpy Kid is available as both and that was really interesting and um, I think we kind of all fell into pace with the discussion we had a few weeks ago about yeah. Kindle versus regular books um, and we all felt the same about the physical book.
2: <laughs> Even Mo- though we're talking most about a digital products, Most of well, us. Most of us. <laughs> Although I, I do, when, when we're talking about kids, I'm all for the real book. It's really when we're talking about adults that I'm like, oh my God, give me my Kindle. Right, exactly. Um, so I do want to say that storyarc.media
1: is the website. And we'll have links to that on our Facebook page. But take a listen to this great interview with Jeff Kinney and Jen McLean. And then let us know how much your kids love um, not just our wimpy kid, but bomb Jomping on all those things and how you're gonna be incorporating. We thought this was great for the summer. If you're preparing for the summer, mm-hmm. these is both great resources to get your kids um, engaged the summer and not have summer slide without feeling like they're doing work. We are gonna have a giveaway tied to this segment. Um, a box of all sorts of cool, awesome story arc swag, including books and access online and all sorts of stuff they're pulling together. We'll have more details on the Facebook page. Check it out at facebook.com slash parentingbytes and we'll have info on parentingbytes.com. But take a listen to the interview and we hope you enjoy it. We're excited to have AT&T Digital Life as a sponsor of today's Parenting Bites podcast. Have you ever left your home in a rush and wondered, what if I forgot to lock the front door? Or I'll tell you what I always wonder. Did I leave my flat iron plugged in? I can't tell you how many times I've gotten back in my elevator, gone back upstairs, checked to see if I put my... One time I even called my super to see if my flat iron was still plugged in and it totally was. I really could have burned the house down. So with AT&T Digital Life smart home security, you can get rid of all those unnecessary worries and stop asking what if, because AT&T Digital Life helped keep you connected to your home, meaning you have more control even when you're away. Forgot to give your in-laws a spare key, or I guess now you don't have an excuse that you forgot to give your in-laws a spare key. Unlock the door remotely from your smartphone using the Digital Life app. Worried about how your dog is doing with the cat or if he's lounging around on the couch he's not supposed to be on? Put in that indoor camera. You can control everything you need with AT&T Digital Life Smart Home. So you can go to at slash DL Parenting. It helps you keep connected to your home so there are no more what ifs. You can do security, 24-7 professional monitoring, remote access, stay connected to your home from your phone, tablet, or PC with the Digital Life app, outdoor and indoor video cameras, even motion sensors. How about remote lighting control? If you've gone away and you forgot to set those lights so that you want people to think you're home, you can do that remotely. You can remote control your door, your locks, your garage doors. If you wanna let someone in, maybe there's an accident in your home, maybe you've had a flood, a pipe burst, you can let someone in, no problem. You can even monitor that with water sensors and smoke and carbon monoxide detection. You can check this out at atnt.com slash DL Parenting. Check out AT&T Digital Life and let us know what you're keeping an eye on.
0: Available in limited areas and select markets. Two-year security agreement required. Camera, door, and thermostat functions each require separate package and agreement. Early termination, equipment, and other fees. Monthly service and other charges and restrictions apply. See att.com slash DL disclaimers for details including license information. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca
1: Levy. So we are here with Jeff Kinney, who is... I would say, like, you're, it's like you, J.K. Rowling, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like Dr. Seuss. I mean, Diary of a Wimpy Kid is so seminal to the elementary school like middle year book experience. There's I don't there has to be no kid in America left who hasn't read
0: Diamond Kid. Oh, I think that's a very kind comparison. Maybe too generous, I think <laughs> JK Rowling's in a whole different stratosphere.
2: No, no, no. I agree with Rebecca because when my kids met you, it was probably what, about five years ago, it was like they were meeting a rock yeah. star. They were it was amazing. That's
0: cool. That's cool. Yeah, we uh, I feel very lucky that the Diary of Wimpy Kid books have resonated all these years. You know, I just did a world tour, and it was really strange to go to Japan and China and Brazil and to see these kids uh, reading these books. It's really, yeah, it's, it's like, what is it about these stories, about these characters that really resonate? I'm not sure what it is exactly, but I think it's uh, that these are just the stories of childhood. They're ordinary stories, and I think that's why they resonate and why so many kids can relate to them.
1: So I don't think a lot of people know, though, that you are also the founder of Pop Tropica. That's
2: um, right. And then when they find out, they're like, what? Yeah, right. like, I, yeah. Didn't, yeah. I didn't know that until we set up this interview. That's amazing. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Uh, 2007 was a really big year because Diary of a Kid came out and Pop Tropic, it came out. And they were both the, the things that I was doing And that, you know, there was the professional side of my career, which was as a computer programmer, a creative director, and then there was the aspirational side of my career, which was to be a storyteller in, you know, in print, a cartoonist. And so, actually, Story Arc Media, which is the umbrella company that holds Pop Tropic and Funbrain is actually very much in line with with both of those ideas. Uh, it's a bridge between those two ideas. Um, we are trying to tell stories in the digital age you know, for kids um, in, in an interactive sort of way.
2: So I
1: love that you have that background. We talk a lot about coding and computer programming and how kids can get involved in that. And I think there's a misconception that your kids either that or they're the creative storyteller kid. Yeah. And what's so cool about Funbrain and Pop Tropica and really your career is that you show that they're very complementary, that the two things go hand in hand, and this is something you can encourage in your kids.
0: Yeah, I think that it's true that usually um, they are different disciplines, design and and storytelling, you know, we're in in the movie world, those are totally different departments. Um, but I feel lucky, like in with my cartoons, I'm I'm the writer and I'm the illustrator, and I think that gets you a, a better unified uh, vision. in in our In our world, in the story arc world, we have designers who are storytellers as well, and they're trying to tell stories through their design. And I think the best of our employees are the people who can do both.
1: So if a kid, so. The kids on Pop Tropica, yeah. what is that experience like? Like for parents out there who they know their kids on it, but they're not actually sitting with them doing it, what is that experience when a kid sort of onboards to Pop Tropica and then gets into that world?
0: Well, the world of Pop Tropica is made of different islands. And each island has a different quest or a different theme. And they're really wildly divergent. Like, we have an island that's, uh, you know, Wimpy Kid Island, for example. And one that's about Greek mythology. And then sometimes they're very, very esoteric. Like, we have an island where you're traveling to the Chicago World's Fair of, I think, uh, 1898 or 1902 or something like that. And you're meeting... uh, Nikola Tesla, and Thomas Edison, and, and Susan B. Anthony, and Mark Twain, and Gustav Eiffel, and it's like the kid is, they are entertained as they're playing this game, but they're also definitely learning.
4: I think another thing that's great about Pop Topic is it gives kids the chance to be the hero, because childhood is tough. And all of these things are happening around you that you don't control. But on Pop Tropica, you get to control what happens next. You control who you talk to. You control where the story goes. And I think that's a really valuable experience for a kid to have.
1: It's very immersive. You know, it's interesting because we, we just got back from um, Disney, from mm-hmm. Trip, and we talk a lot about these immersive worlds of feeling that you're transported. And for most of our kids, that's happening online. Right, Right. more and more. And parents talk about, or kids talk about, the friends they make online, Mm -hmm. even though they're never going to meet them in real life.
2: Right.
1: Um, It seems like PopTropica is giving kids that opportunity, but in... A really creative interesting framework around those worlds so to meet historical characters like that or to be in that space that's very different from your typical you know just collect your stars and build your thingy over here and dance a lot in your club and you know yeah
0: and there's always that temptation to get into that kind of you know to create those addictive hooks in the games but we we really think that storytelling at the heart it's at the heart of everything we do and it yeah, sophisticated storytelling for kids is uh, isn't that um, common, especially on mobile, um, where you're playing these kind of Twitch games. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we aspire to do: is to to create these games that are really, in, you know, enriching and and, and um, uh, very. Uh, vital to the kids' lives. I think that what we have the privilege of doing is introducing kids to things for the first time, like Greek mythology and and you know Susan B. Anthony, for right. example. Um, that we that really is a privilege to be able to um, expose kids to that uh, to things for the very first time.
1: And then FunBrain is really has more of that core educational focus, right? I mean, that's really something where kids. And parents, and especially we're talking about summer coming up and summer slide is always like one of the first things you hear brain, about. Brain drain. Brain drain. <laughs> um, so FunBrain, I know you guys are really kind of opening that up um, in a much bigger level. Can you talk a little bit about what parents can find there?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So FunBrain is this amazing site for ways, that includes ways for kids to refresh their skills as opposed to study a specific subject. So one of our most popular games, for example, is math baseball. And that's a great way for kids to just go in and practice basic addition, subtraction, multiplication, division skills without it feeling like, ugh, I've got to do this worksheet of problems. The Reading Center, which is really where Wimpy Kid got its start, is an amazing resource for reading about books, cartoons, graphic novels that kids really from K through eight can find interesting and engaging. So for parents of reluctant
1: readers, which we hear a lot and we hear a lot more about this with, with boys, boys yeah. than with girls which I think is probably part of the magic of Diary of Wimpy Kid was that when a parent of a boy finds a book a boy will read they like latch Worked it, like, on to it. Work done my son. <laughs> right. That's cool. Um how do you how do you think parents should approach that? I mean, what are some things parents can do to get their kids more interested in reading?
0: Yeah, I think the best way to get for a parent to get a, their kid reading is to to understand their interests, even if the interests of the parent don't really you know, align with what the kid's interests are. So for example, you might have a kid that only plays Minecraft, Minecraft, for example, and you know there are Minecraft novels and fan fiction and, and all sorts of different uh, ways, uh, expressions of Minecraft in, in print um, or on the web. And so I think that the more you feed your kid what their own interests are, and, you know, feed, feed them as many materials as you can, magazines, books, uh, even Twitter accounts, um, they'll, they'll get hooked, and then they'll graduate to something else. They'll move on to something else. And I see that a lot with Diary of a Wimpy Kid is that kids move on, obviously, and hopefully they move on to bigger and better things.
2: Well, you know, you've said that the more kids read for fun, the better they do in school. And it's funny because if you ask my kids what their favorite thing about summer is, yeah. both of them will mention getting to read for fun. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I have two kids who love to read despite their schools almost trying to beat the love of reading. right. right out of them by making them keep logs and, you know, write all this minutiae about everything. And so if you could talk a little bit about that, like the difference between reading for fun and being forced to read and making it homework.
0: Yeah. I know it especially when I, I went to China, actually, the kids that I met there were saying we're under so much pressure. And that wimpy kid is like a novelty. It's like it's uh, it's like dessert, you know. <laughs> and I think that that, you know, that, that's a kind of ex- an extreme case. Um, but I do think, you know, when I when I tell my own life story in books, I get to a certain point. It's at the college point. Where I say, and this is when I stopped reading for fun. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you, you start doing it again, you know, as an adult. Um, but yeah, there's, it, it, it can beat the life habit for you. If, yeah. if, it's, if it's too hard, too difficult, too challenging or not in your, you know, interest uh, sphere. And did you find that the
1: kids that you're meeting want the physical book or that they want an e-book?
2: We have we, we a yeah. big argument about yeah.
0: this. I, I myself thought that everything was going to digital a few years ago, and I sort of gave in to that, and then borders went away, um, and that was a pretty devastating blow. Um, I bought a Kindle, and then I sort of gradually reverted back to print, and I think I've seen that with a lot of different people, my wife included. Um, the Kindle should be very you know convenient and and I like digital books I'm glad my books are in digital format but I think especially with a kid you really need to give them a book they make a much stronger connection with with the words on the page and the ideas and the themes when holding a a physical object and not looking at a screen
4: I think for kids though they don't have the same lines that we do so I look at how my 11 year old reads and she, she loves graphic novels. And she loves the actual physical graphic novels, especially when they're printed on great stock and they're, they're gorgeous pieces of art. But she also loves to read online. And she loves to play games that have a story, particularly that have a story that centers around a strong female character. Mm-hmm. So to her, she's consuming these stories, whether it's in a physical book or online or through a game she she doesn't care she just wants to be engaged in the story that's being told especially when she's got that character who resonates with her. It's interesting because we talked about this a little bit um, we had a friend whose daughter
1: was a huge bookworm that got her a Kindle and started it. she gave it back to her parents because she said I can't stay focused on my book I know <laughs> that like doodle jump is there right. and I know and she gave it back to her parents yeah. like, I'm not reading or I'm on Buzzfeed or I'm on you know, whatever it is and I think adults grapple with that too now, mm-hmm. that distraction thing. And sometimes that physical book, you, it will help you shut down all yeah. the
2: other stuff. Well, that's why I like my Kindle white. Oh, yeah. You have any distractions. <laughs> Nothing not on anything. there but books. <laughs> that's good. But it's not with me. You know, my phone is with me, and that yeah. has all the distractions on it. Right. Right. So let's talk
1: about... You brought up female characters, which mm-hmm. I think is great. Um, in Pop Tropica, you are whomever you want to be, right? You just, you are, you take on that persona, you're a boy, you're a girl. Um, do you, have you paid special attention to sort of the gender models that are in Pop Tropica? How many, I mean, you mentioned Susan B. Anthony, but if yep. it was like Susan B. Anthony and then like a million men, um, like, you, are you guys very conscious of that now, of trying to get more and more, and not just women, but diverse role models within those worlds?
0: Yeah, we, ha- we actually had one of our auditors, uh, w- one of our, designers she uh, on, on her own did an audit of our site and said hey there's an imbalance here and we think uh, she, she said there's more uh, strong male characters than female and we've definitely made an effort since then to to address that but we really tried to um, you know we, we try to kind of um, we really do we we are a 50 50 site male female Mm -hmm. which is really rare in terms of boys and girls and so whatever we're doing is working there it is a little it it is interesting in this world where if for example if we had a uh, something that you would associate with young girls like a princess island or something like that um that it boys will, will will steer clear of it, mm-hmm. whereas the girls are more accepting of more boy-oriented uh, content. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to be mindful of that as well. What are your thoughts, Jen?
4: No, I think that's right. I think in some ways girls maybe are more comfortable with gender fluidity mm-hmm. because they have. So many forms of entertainment where the lead character is a boy, Mm -hmm. and so they get more used to that than a lot of boys do. But for us, speaking as a woman in technology, making sure that we have role models that resonate with every child out there, no matter their race, no matter their gender, is absolutely critical. You know, at our heart, we're a company of parents. And it is so important to us that we make products that, as parents, we want our kids to engage with, and we want to be proud of, and we want to see our kids' friends playing, and we want their parents to be proud of it, too, that we do absolutely make a conscious decision about, okay, do we need more female characters, do we need more characters of different races, do we need to, what can we do to help kids feel like the stories that they participate in in Pop Tropica? Are truly their stories.
2: You know what, my kids actually sent a couple of questions. Okay. okay. That's okay. <laughs> sure. um, my son wanted to know what made you want to write books for kids instead of for grown-ups?
0: I actually wrote Diary of a Wimpy Kid for adults. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking that it was a book that would sit in the humor section of the bookstore and uh, for me, well, growing up, my father read comics. You know, he opened the newspaper com- uh, funny pages every day and left them out for us. And so when I was writing Diary of a Kid, which was for eight years, I, I thought the whole time I was basically writing for my father, people who liked, liked comics. Uh, it was supposed to be like a nostalgic looking back on childhood. Uh, so that, there's a twist to that answer to your son's question.
2: Wow, he's going to be really interested to hear that. And then my daughter's question, which you kind of touched on a bit, she wanted to know why you decided to have stick figures in your books instead of fully illustrated right. um, images, but it, it it sounds like you wanted to do it, and that's what you do. Yeah,
0: well, some of that is the discovery of what cartooning is. You know, I tried to draw in a simplified style so that um, so that it looked like a kid drew it. But when you do that, you realize that cartooning is about efficiency. It's about using as little information as possible to make the biggest impact uh, possible, which is different than illustration, which is more descriptive. And so I ended up with you know, all, almost stick figures, I would say. You know, Greg Hefley is just about a stick figure. I think his, his head is like ten, 10 lines or nine <laughs> lines to make Greg. Um, but I, I think that that's what the essence of cartooning is, is simplicity.
1: Nice. It is, I think, what makes the book appealing to boys and girls, that there there isn't. Even though he's a boy, it's not so specific mm-hmm. in that way. It yeah. feels very like you can project on yeah. him. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think he's not. He's somewhere in the, in the gender spectrum, a little bit more towards the middle. Yeah, right? <laughs> and he's uh, he's he, he's sort of. Um, stuck in that place in a way um, but yeah I think he's accessible to boys and girls because every kid who's ever been in 5th grade knows what it's like to be wimpy to not have power over your world you know and, and that's what the wimpy change from being like a physical designation to something that's more about power and control over your life
1: it's definitely like that trend that middle middle school is tough we talk about it all the time like why do they separate them into middle school right, yeah. <laughs> is it, what is it about those three years Like right. who are those teachers who choose to teach in those three years right. they're like magicians I think <laughs> but that's really great it's interesting my daughters um, because they were girls always enjoy just laughing at him because he was a boy yeah. like that is just so boy <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a boy would do that. Right. Like, that there's that element to it <laughs> But this is great. I think
2: that's... I think we're good. All right, great.
1: All right, guys. Mother's Day is coming up. And one thing you can always order your mom is a gift as unique as she is. We always talk about how much we hate Mother's Day on the show. (laughs) I feel like... I I think... I guess it's only been a year, but I feel like we talked about it a hundred times last year, how much we hate Mother's Day. Um, And part of it's because it's never about you. So if you want to make it about mom... Um, Check out Sherry's Berries. Right now, you can go to Sherry's Berries. They're freshly dipped strawberries. You've seen them. (gasps) Oh, it's my favorite. I know. They're like (laughs) those big, perfect, giant strawberries. Don't you wonder where they grow them that they're so perfect those big I, giant I don't want to think about it I just want to eat them oh my god so starting at nineteen ninety nine plus shipping mm. or you can double the berries for just $10 please double the berries yes, people right. don't get sk- 10 bucks double especially the- if you're sending it to me yes this is an exclusive offer just for parenting bites listeners go to berries.com click on the little microphone in the top right corner and type in our code bites but that's with the y people b y t e s <laughs> They are berries dipped in milk, white, and dark chocolatey goodness. They are topped with chocolate chips, chopped nuts, signature swizzles. I love the swizzles when they do the white chocolate with the dark chocolate (laughs) swizzly all over it. They are huge. They are fresh. They are juicy. They are delicious. You pick the delivery date, and it's guaranteed. And it's always guaranteed, or your money back. So come on. And no one's going to complain. I'm serious. So
3: no squishy strawberries. Yeah, no squishy
1: strawberries. And they're not sweaty. And they're not gross. Just please, just do this. Honestly, (laughs) Mm -hmm. everybody likes chocolate-covered strawberries. Mm -hmm. Don't send something. Just don't. Don't send your mother something she doesn't want. Don't get our coupons. Never going to use them. <laughs> <laughs> They're always a nice idea. Just go to Sherry's Berries. So here's the only way to get this deal. Freshly dipped strawberries starting at $19.99 or double the berries for just $10 more. This is an exclusive officer officer offer for our <laughs> listeners only when you use our code BITES, B-Y-T-E-S. Visit berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the little microphone in the top right corner and type in B-Y-T-E-S. Again, that's berries.com. Click on the microphone and enter code B-Y-T-E-S. This is a limited time offer. Mother's Day is next week. It is like the earliest it's Mother's Day so has ever early. been. It is yeah. so early. I can't believe that. Send your mom. Send your grandma. Send your wife. My Actually, my daughters would love it. Too bad I'm not sharing. <laughs> <laughs> Check out Sherry's Berries.
0: You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy.
1: Okay, so we are back, speaking of Mother's Day, with our Bites of the Week, and we're going to start with Andrea, because Andrea has a million Mother's Day Bites of the Week.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have so many, so I just recorded a segment for WBC which we'll post when, uh, we'll link to when it's up, but, so I had to think about Mother's Day gift ideas, right? And uh, it's hard, it's really hard, and of course, mine always have a tech bent. So, laptop, I showed a laptop, but, you know, no one's going to buy mom a laptop, right? It's, it's super expensive, very personal. My sisters I,
2: and I did once. I was going to say, yeah. if you really love your mom. <laughs> if you really love your mom.
3: I think it's a great idea. I mean, I was showing a It does a seem Lenovo more like a laptop. birthday or Christmas. Yeah, right? it seems. But, but, you know, also, it's the kind of thing that you could give mom and say, here, I will also give you the time of helping you mm. set this up and make it you work for you. You could go in with you your siblings, too, you Yeah. you have a bunch
2: of siblings. we yeah. yeah. made it not that expensive when my sisters and I did it. Well, then yeah. check
3: out the Lenovo 900 yoga laptop that uh, that I have in the segment because I, lo- that's the laptop I said it's I as flexible as mom is because, you know, moms do everything and, and this does too. <laughs> laptop. Okay, anyway, but here's the really cool thing. So, you know, I was one of those moms who my phone when it rang and when I was at work, I looked at it because I wanted to make sure, is it my son? Is it my husband? Is it an emergency? So now wearable technology is getting a little better and that it's actually something I might want to wear so I'm showing Rebecca and Amy this gorgeous Ooh, emerald wow. cocktail ring here made by Ringly and it's got a little button on the side that you guys can see and we'll have a picture of mm-hmm. and basically what happens is you use the Ringly app and you personalize your notifications so one vibration will Tell me that my son is calling. Mm. Two vibrations will tell me it's my husband. And a little light lights up on the side. And it ignores everybody. And it tells you 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 can set it to ignore everyone else and just notify. Like you can set the color and say, your phone's ringing, and this color shows that it's your husband. Mm. You can set it to tell you when you get a text message. So you just have to learn the vibrations. I think it's really cool. It's something I would wear. Um, So that's Ringly. And then the other really cool thing that I was showing. You know I love streaming video, so the Roku streaming stick. This is brand spankin' new. So it just means that Mom doesn't have to watch TV with everybody else and watch what they're watching.
4: That's she can cool. go to
3: any TV with an HDMI port, plug in mm. this stick. It's fifty bucks. Plug in the stick, and she's literally got access to Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, all those whatever you different have a whatever you to. have a subscription to, whatever you pay to subscribe to. Uh, and watch it in any room. But what I think is cool is my son always used to make fun of me when I had soap operas on, you know, (laughs) if I was in the kitchen. (laughs) And so you can use the mobile app and use headphones and listen privately with your phone to the TV. No one has. So to no do it. one knows when you're watching General Hospital. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And lastly, because you guys all ood and odd over I it, did. this Nomo Mini Beauchamp yeah, that's awesome. backpack. I really love this. I'm trying to downsize in everything in my life. That holds my iPad. It holds my phone. It holds everything I need, and I can get into the city and not have to break my neck and shoulders.
2: It's gorgeous, but it's not purple. So I need. I think you need to give it to me. You know, I have
3: actually contacted the company and told them that they need to make it in purple. And call it the Andrea. And exactly. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I do need to give it to you.
2: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Happy com- Mother's Day. <laughs> I'm completely kidding. But I'll take anything sitting in front of you right now. They're all gorgeous. So those are my
3: Mother's Day gift ideas. Also, you know, like a activity tracker, you know, those kinds of things. But we'll post a list and uh, link to all of them. Very cool. Amy.
2: Okay. So um, Game of Thrones is back we've been waiting very family friendly yeah totally this is so not mother's day <laughs> unless you're a mother of dragons to yeah <laughs> totally um but it's back we've been waiting a very very long time and i actually had to wait a little extra because my my husband and i were in a huge fight on sunday so when he was oh like no. it's time for game of thrones i was like whatever i wouldn't even sit on the couch next to him and watch and i know that he really loves me because i just found out this morning that he didn't watch it either oh <laughs> that's so, so nice So we still haven't seen the first episode. We need to have to stay off social media. Yeah, no, totally. Amazingly, nothing's been given away. Um, But the whole point of this is Vulture has this great—I don't even know what to call it. It's like a guide. To all of the relationships between all of the people and how they've evolved, and you know who has alliances with whom and who was killed by whom and how, and it's this great like you can check off boxes of what you want to know and like slide between the different seasons. It's that's awesome. Yeah, it's really awesome. Don't look at it on a phone; <laughs> it doesn't work. You have to like you have to be on the real site. Um, but we'll put a link to it. It's it's and very And they're off cool. book now. Yeah, that, you know, I used to feel so smug because I read all the books. So I was like, and my husband didn't. So I was always like, I know what's going to (laughs) happen. And now we're both in the dark. It's awesome. All right. So
1: I I also have a vulture bite of the week, which is really (laughs) funny. Um, So and this is, I think, family friendly for a teen and up. But Beyonce's new album (laughs) launched and Lemonade and the visual album. And I was trying to. So right, so Prince died, and then Beyonce dropped his album all within a like, couple of days. Couple of days. So here I am. I saw Purple Rain when I was twelve. I'm of course. Like, oh, who didn't see Purple Rain? Yeah. Okay. So I'm watching Purple Rain with my daughter. So I'm like, well, you have to watch Purple Rain, right? Oh my god. Yeah. You totally forget. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't forget how sexual Prince was, but you, for, I don't know. To me, like the lyrics, it just all kind of melded into one. They were like, "What did he just well, say?" Because <laughs> we watched it with <laughs> our friends, <laughs> it's not right, with you our didn't parents. watch it with your right. <laughs> I, I went to the movie theater with my friends and watched it. Like, I don't know how I did that. Wow. I don't know how they let us in, but also listen to the album. Right? You never listen to the albums with your mom. Mm-mm. So, oh, my God, they were like, what? Oh, who? I'm like, that's right. <laughs> that was the 80s. You think you're so ahead of time. You have no idea. And then Beyonce's album came out right on Saturday night on HBO. And there's so much good writing about it. Like, it's amazing. And you could probably watch it 3000 times and see new things every time you're watching it. But the writing about it is so Incredible, and that's what I have my daughters doing. Is sort of because all they were hung up on is like, "Oh, did Jay Z cheat on her?" I'm like, "That's so not what this is about." And who cares? <laughs> and that's beside the point. You have to read the writing about it. So Vulture has this amazing discussion between three, three or four of its editors about it that is so good. It's like you're eavesdropping on the smartest, most culturally mm. in tune conversation you could hear about it. Um, so I highly recommend that and. And and everything about it, it's so good. It's so go. it good. My husband's like, you. Are I read a freak. some.
3: I read some of the reviews. The cultural and criticism. Some, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is a really good discussion.
2: Like, I, really culturally and politically rich. I thought the funniest thing to come out of it was the, the whole Rachel Roy Rachel thing. Oh my Ray god, thing. that is Rachel so Ray, funny. Rachel Ray, who is a TV chef and has nothing to do with Beyonce, got so much hate online because people thought that she was Rachel Roy. You have to think hilarious. that is gonna go on her show. She <laughs> has like, I'm to. Sorry. And, and like, they have to make a lemonade recipe. <laughs> right? She totally does. She'll do when it. Rachel Ray has, has a great, two lemons. Yeah, <laughs> Rachel Ray has great,
1: great Sense of humor, yes. So I'm sure she'll. So well,
2: she present. has to. I don't know if it was planned or not, but the first segment on Monday's show was about good hair. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, ay yeah. ay. All right, well. You can check us out at our website
1: at ParentingBytes.com, which we built on Weebly. So you know that great idea you have, the one you've been sitting on, the one everyone agrees is amazing, which I also think, like, really, everyone agrees your idea is amazing? You do not have the family I have. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, time to get your idea out to the world with your own professional-quality website, blog, or online store. So that is how easy it is. Get started with Weebly. They created it's for people with the courage to start their own business and the dream to be their own boss. You don't need to be a web designer or know how to code to create a fantastic website. We were really impressed with the wide variety of professionally designed, mobile-friendly themes to choose from. Drag, drop, build. That's it. You can customize it, update it on any device. Totally mobile-friendly. Create a fantastic website. Don't get in the way of your dreams. Join the 30 million people, plus us, plus, plus three, Amy. 30 million and <laughs> plus three, who are already dreaming big with Weebly. Get started today for free at weebly.com slash parenting. That's w-e-e-b-l-y.com slash parenting. And, of course, go to our website, parentingbytes.com and check out what we've done with Weebly. You can also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash parentingbites, hashtag parentingbytes on Twitter. And we will post that giveaway for all cool things related to Story Arc and Pop Tropica and Fun Brain and all the amazing storytelling they have going on. And that is it until next week. Next week, we have some Disney preview surprises for yeah, all the cool stuff Rebecca coming up Rebecca and in Disney I took World.
2: a trip, and um, we've got some great stuff to report. Star Wars. Star well, Wars and Frozen. We didn't
1: <laughs> want to be there without you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that after. Um, so check us out. We'll be back next week. Until then, bye. Bye. Bye.